They look like to be a city on a hill, light in the darkness. But also, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what it means to be scattered servants this morning. Based on some thoughts and a book by a pastor called Alan Scott, who is a vineyard pastor. So some of the stuff I'm going to share today, some of it's his thoughts, some of it's my thoughts, some of it's the Holy Spirit kind of mixing them together. But uh, I want to talk what it means for us to be scattered servants. And if you don't know what I mean by that, I will talk about that in a few moments. But Matthew 5, 14, 16 says this. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives a light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. May God add his blessing unto his word. And you know what I'm going to ask you next. How have you got on this week being a city on a hill? How have you got on this week being light in the darkness, being light to everyone in that community, in that world that you live in? And if you've not been around for a number of weeks or you're still not catching what I've been saying since the beginning of the year, let me put it this way. How did you get on this week looking out for your community or for your city? How did you get on this week? And, and boy, this is a big one. How did you get on this week praying for your community, our community, our city this week? Boy, do we need to pray. We need to pray all the time, but boy, do we need to pray at this time of uncertainty. How did you get on this week speaking life into our community, into our city? How did you get on this week taking the gospel and the good news of Jesus into our community, into our city? How did you get on this week blessing our community, our city? Now, if you're not doing these things, I'm not trying to condemn you this morning. I'm just trying to encourage us that we need to step this up. If we want to be a city on a hill, if we want to be a light in the darkness, if we want to position ourselves for God to do something new and something great in this place, we've got to be doing these things. Now, I can, I can take, if you, if you just pray for our community, I can take that. You don't have to be doing all this list. We should be working towards those things. But if you're praying or if you've blessed the community this week or you've been kind to the community this week, I can work with that. But that's how we become city hill, light and the darkness. If you've not really caught what I've been saying about us being a city hill, light and the darkness, these things that I've expressed that we should be doing, and I say this with the greatest of respect, it's time to open your ears. But not only that, it's time to open your heart. Because when we have an open heart, God can move through our open heart. But it's time that we take notice of pastor. It's time, not because it's my voice, not because I think, oh, you all need to hear me. Because I honestly believe God is telling us that we've got to bless our city. We've got to pray for our community. We've got to put the gospel into it. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Who's, who, on behalf of you is praying for that son or daughter who doesn't know Jesus. Or praying into that relationship. Yes, we can do this on our own, but isn't it greater that we come together and we're doing that? And we're supporting each other. God can use an open heart. Hear this this morning. God can use an open heart and someone who is willing to respond. You might not have the answers. You might not have a clue of how you should respond. But if you've got a willing, a willing heart... And are ready to meet the need in some way, God can show up and do something with that. I want to ask you this morning, have you got that willing heart? Have you got the desire to step up and make a difference? Whatever that difference is. In in the current climate with the coronavirus, I, I don't think there's a better opportunity for us to love God and to love people. And I'm not just talking out in our community, in our very body here, that... 
We talk about loving people. Well, now is an opportunity for us not only to pray, but to really love on people. To really show the light of Jesus. Since the beginning of the year, I've said this to you most weeks, and I want you to get hold of this as well. And I'm not going to stop saying this until you understand this. Until you get this. And I mean this sincerely. This isn't about me trying to give you a pep talk. This isn't about me trying to give you a boost. You need to hear this. This church needs you. You have something to offer. You have something to give. You, yes you, not the person sitting next to you, you can make a difference. I believe this, that we are strong together. Together we can do this. This morning, do you have an open heart? Are you willing to respond? To step up to the plate? To want the ball in the game? To be a people that can and will make a difference for the kingdom of God? How do we step up to the plate? How can we respond? How can we make a difference? I honestly believe we can do this by understanding what it means to be scattered servants. And I'm going to share a little bit more about what it means to be a scattered servant. Not a lone ranger, not a maverick, but sent full of the Holy Spirit. And this is key, that you are sent full of the Holy Spirit into the worlds, into the communities you do to make a difference for his kingdom. Scattered servants isn't about doing your own thing. It's about taking it from the house, having the authority from God and from the house that you can go into these places and you can make a difference for his kingdom. Is anybody with me this morning? Because scattered servants aren't about doing their own thing. Scattered servants, wherever they are, whatever the situation, and I know some of your situations are tough, is bringing the light of Jesus in that situation. But you know what? That isn't just about me standing. I was going to stand on your glasses then. I'll sort of move your glasses. That isn't about us standing on a chair and at work saying, everybody gather around. Because I've got something that you need. We have got something that people need. But you know what? Do you know what they might need tomorrow before we tell them a little bit about Jesus? They might need a sandwich. They might need a phone call. That's what scattered servants do. That It isn't just when they meet on Sundays. That wherever we go in life, we are trying to make a difference. Trying to draw people to Jesus. Those things that I talked about, looking out for the community, praying over the community, speaking life into the community, taking the gospel, the good news, blessing the community. That's what it means to be a city on a hill. That's what it means to take light to the dark world. I was waking up this morning, very strangely, I was waking up this morning, not with a whistle or a torch in my face or somebody jumping on the bed. Our three kids went off with Sharia and had a great time with Sharia. Sharia you definitely get an extra room in heaven. <laughs> and it was nice just to wake up. But, but as I was waking up, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. And, and this was in, in direct response to what's going on now in our country and around the world with coronavirus. This is what I felt he was saying. I felt the Holy Spirit put this on my heart that through the coronavirus, the devil is going to try and destroy and damage the church. Not just our church, the church, the wider church. And as a response to that, I want to tell you this. He hasn't got the authority to take the church apart. He hasn't got the authority to damage the church. When we talk about church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about people. He hasn't got the authority to harm you. He hasn't got the authority to say how your life should play out. 
He's not taking the church out. In fact, I'm reminded that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell or the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. We're okay. Because Jesus is victorious. He's in control. And the devil will have this and use this to destroy us and put fear into people. But I believe out of this that God can bring good. In fact, I'm believing this is an opportunity for us as a church, for us as a church, as a wider body, that we can really step up and see some growth. See, whatever happens if they close services down and public events like that, we still can be scattered servants. We still can be light in the darkness. And I'm believing that as we are scattered servants, whatever happens, however they lock us down, wherever it might be, and they will at some point, we'll be scattered servants, which is growing the church of God. Which is seeing his kingdom come greater. Just because the devil has put something in the way, doesn't mean that this church and other churches aren't going to grow. Jesus said, I will build my church. Not me. This has got nothing to do with me. I've got to be a good steward. I've got to treat you right. I've got to be a good shepherd. I've got to be a visionary. But Jesus said he would build his church. Well, what a cornerstone. Jesus said he would build his church. And Jesus decides when it's time is up. You know, we're worried about when's the earth going to come to an end. When's the, and it says in the Bible there'll be famines, there'll be viruses, there'll be economic things falling down. Well, that's happening but you know what? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is still in control. He's bigger than any man, any superpower, any virus, any... He sits on the throne. King of Kings, Lord Jesus. Amen? And we've got to remember that in this time, that he is the King of Kings. And in this time, that actually he is the answer. He is the love, the hope, the future that people are looking for, and maybe you as well. Got to remember, he hasn't got the authority. In fact, in the NLT, it says, As Jesus said, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Doesn't matter what legions of demons or whatever he's trying to put into place, it will not conquer it. Because the church is living and breathing, a representative of God. And if the church isn't living and breathing, then you've got a question is that church a representative of God? Not picking on any churches. We, we all know certain churches. But I also know this as well, that we've got to be able to respond for the fight. Whatever that fight is. And I'm not just talking about coronavirus. There's a, there's a battle going on here. It's not God in the blue corner and the devil in the red corner. Ding, ding. We're going to have five rounds and who's going to be the winner? Jesus is already victorious. But the Bible tells us that the devil is going to keep trying these things on. He's going to try and destroy us. He's going to try and pick us off. He's going to try and get into the core of what we are and what we're about. In the, in the scripture, I love this scripture. It says that the kingdom of God is taken by force. What does that mean? It doesn't mean I'm going to put somebody in a headlock, Rob in a headlock and say, until you follow God. It's always you, Rob, because you sit on the front row. <laughs> in truth, I'm not sure I can see that far out after that. You're throwing me now. <laughs> but it's not about me putting Rob in a headlock or whoever in a headlock. When it says the kingdom of God is taken by force, it means we have to persist through. It means sometimes that this snowflake generation, 
you'll be all right if you just push through. I'm not suggesting anybody's here a snowflake, but you know what I'm talking about. We, there's people who are a snowflake generation that whatever's happening, ooh, life is... But we are more than conquerors in Christ. And if the kingdom of God is taken by force, that means we have to resist. That means we have to... This is what happens. You see, when, you know when there's a riot or something going on? Rob, come and help me. You're not going to get hurt. Oh. That might change things now. So, I'm a Christian... I'm God, this is, this is and, and this is the enemy trying to work. So come to my hand, push against my hand, keep going. Now, we make a choice. We keep going, he keeps pushing us, and, or we decide we're going to stand firm. The kingdom of God is taken by force. So he might push back and he might gain some ground, but we've got to keep giving force. We've got to keep giving force. Push back, Rob. Push back. And then what happens is the devil has a real go and everybody's saying, go on, Rob. He is really trying to push me. I'm standing here with a mic addressing you and still holding it and he's really trying to push me. But he's going to be in for a shock now because he's trying it on. We push back. And he's going to come again. The enemy is stupid, but he's also clever. What do you mean by that, pastor? How can he be stupid and how can he be clever? He doesn't realise, where are you going? <laughs> he doesn't realise, keep coming. You're really going for this, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm trying to preach here as well. The devil doesn't realise, he's just going to keep pushing. Keep coming, keep coming. But we have God on our side. Well, let, no, 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 no. Actually, we don't have God on our side. We're on his side. It's not that God, would you get on my side, please? We're on his side. And when we're on God's side, we can resist. And the kingdom of God is taken with force. With force. With force. Get him. <laughs> Give Wob a round of applause because he's going to need to see a doctor about that chest later because he's going to have a big hand. But we've got to, sometimes we've got to stand up. And yes, we might move back a few steps. But actually, when the kingdom of, of God is taken by force, we move forward. We prevail. Why? Because Jesus is victorious. So whatever comes our way, coronavirus or whatever, we might take a few steps back. Stand firm. Stand firm. And there's things that are going to happen in your life. The storms of life will come. Don't crank, don't, don't crush, but stand firm. When you've done everything that you can, praying, and the practical stuff that you do, God says, stand firm. We need to stand firm in his strength, not our strength. Because that's when we're going to crumble. It doesn't matter, I'm six foot five, was a national judo champion or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if I'm standing in my own strength. I'm going to crumble. But in God's strength, we can stand and we can push back and we take ground. So if you hear nothing else this morning, resist the devil. Sometimes we're quick just to say, enough's enough. The devil, you win. No, he doesn't win. I don't know what your situation is, but stand firm. Push through. Jesus said, I will build my church. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. 
We need to respond. We need to be up, to the, up for the fight. I, I've said this before. I believe this is an opportunity for us to grow, for the church, the wider church, to advance. In Genesis 50 to 20, we hear that Joseph was saying to his brothers, if you don't know the story, he got sold off to slavery. His brothers were having a go because they were jealous. But then he ended up becoming prime minister. But in the midst of it, there's a mess that's going on. And it says in Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done in the saving of many lives. And that's what's happening now in the times that we're in, that the devil intends this for evil and for harm. But God's going to bring good out of this so that we can see many lives changed, saved for him. Amen? God can work the good out of this. In Esther, Esther 4, one of the key verses, and if you've been around church a long time, you will know this verse, but one of the key verses is this. And what you need to understand is that at this time, the, her people, which were the Jews, were hours away from all being executed and killed right, because of a, a, a false prime minister. And you can read the story in Esther, but it says this. Chapter 4. That you have come to your royal position... For such a time as this. There's nothing new there. There's nothing new that you have not heard before. But what I want you to understand is, is that it's time that we stood up into our royal priesthood. We are here for such a time as this. We have been brought to our royalty, our position for such a time as this. To stand firm, to prevail. 1 Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to challenge us this morning, and I'm challenging me as well. It's time to step up into your royal identity. You might not feel like royalty this morning, but the moment you give your life to Christ, you are royalty. You see, you know the one people that can only really make decisions across our country, is the sovereignty of the Queen. She's the one that's got all the power. She can get rid of Boris if she wants to. She can get rid of, she chooses not to because there's certain roles. Only kings and queens can make those decisions over countries. Well, the beauty is, is that we have a royal priesthood. He's saying, you have that authority. Still don't believe me? You are a royal priesthood. In fact, say to somebody, it is time to step into your royal identity. Tell the person next to you. Tell the other person on the other side if there's somebody there. If we're to become a life-giving people to the places that are around us, we must allow the Lord to honour and affirm us and as their children without fearing pride. Pride's massive. But there is a place where we have got to accept what God is saying about us, how he elevates us, how he lifts us up, how he praises us, without us always thinking that we're the worm mentality. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh, I'm not worthy of anything. My, my life should always be kept down. I, I'm nothing greater than the belly of a snake or whatever it is. You are greater than that. Now, this isn't about pride. This is about Almighty God saying, you have royal priesthood, you have royalty, you have royal blood going through your veins. I'm getting excited this morning. 
but we need to understand our royal priesthood. See, let, let me unpack it a little bit. Because we're still struggling with this bit of God and us and our pride, aren't we? And us being elevated. And I'm not talking about we're outweighing God by us being elevated. But let me just share this. Jesus said this. This is his words. My father will honour the one who serves me. So if you're serving the Lord in whatever capacity, in church, out of church, in the community, in the worlds that you're in, it says my father, as in God, will honour the one who serves. God has seated us in a place of honour. We need to understand that. Yet often we are reluctant and desperately uncomfortable because we don't know what to do with that divine honour. I'm not saying we become God. I'm not saying that he takes his divine power off himself and puts it on us. So we, we're not God. He's still all powerful. He's still all knowledgeable. He's the one that we submit our lives to. But he wants to put divine honour on you. And we're rightly uncomfortable with the, with the honouring ourselves, aren't we? But this is receiving the Father's gift over us. You need to understand that. that As he honours you, you're receiving a gift that the Father wants to give you. No one should seek his own honour. I believe that. But no one should disown the honour of the Father. We're so afraid of pride. But there's a difference between becoming puffed up and being raised up. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference from being puffed up to being raised up. This isn't about me, look at me. This is about, look at how Jesus has raised me up through this situation. Look at how Jesus has been victorious in this situation. Are you catching what I'm saying this morning? It's not about self, it's still about him, but he wants to bestow honour on us because we serve him. Because he wants to give us the gift. If you hear nothing else, hear this, that it's the difference between being puffed up and being raised up. In John 13 you see that Peter struggled with the idea of King Jesus washing his feet. And if you know the scriptures well, you will know that Jesus took time to wash his disciples' feet. Do you know what? Jesus didn't get caught up on washing his feet. They just washed the feet. Sometimes we get caught up on God bestowing honour on us and maybe we don't deserve it. God says, you've served me, you're honouring me, you deserve this. I don't see a problem with it. Why should you see a problem? Jesus didn't see a problem washing the feet. In fact, Peter struggled to sit at the table while God honoured him. Yet Jesus wasn't insecure about his position. You see, King Jesus is not afraid to honour us. King Jesus is not afraid to exalt us up. And some of us need to understand that he's honouring you, that he wants to exalt you, that he wants to build you, not puff you up, he wants to raise you up. And he's not insecure about that because he's bestowing on you. Because you love, because you serve the Father, the Father will put unto you a great honour. And there's another sermon within this that we could really get hold of, but I'm not going to preach that today. You see, what I'm talking about is actually very awesome, but it's awkward, isn't it? To be human, to be honoured. But I believe this, we were made to be crowned with the honour and glory that he bestows upon us. The idea of glory sits uncomfortable with us. I know it's difficult to write it and talk about it, but catch what I'm saying. We're happy to sing, in my life, Lord, be glorified. But we struggle when God makes his glory visible in us and through us. You see, if we are 
of the mindset, if we have the understanding of being scattered servants, servants that are not just in this place, but are out serving, trying to bring the light into darkness, scattered servants think differently. They know that God loves to reveal his glory in their lives. God loves it. He loves to reveal the glory in our lives. See, false humility lives afraid of the glory. True humility carries God's glory. And I've got into the habit of this, and I've tried to break this over the last number of months, where we get into the habit of saying, less of me and more of you. Sounds great, doesn't it? Empty me. Well, and there's, there's truth in that. I'm not knocking it. Or we say, all of you and none of me. But this is what I believe. Through these passages, through these things that we're looking at, God doesn't want it to be all about him. Yes, we need to bestow the honour, the sovereignty and the praise that it is. But he wants it to be about all about him and all about us. Him living through us. God could have had it all about him right when he created the earth. But didn't he? he chose because he wanted to be in relationship and connect with us. He chose you because he wants it to be all of him in all of you. See, there's a difference. I've spoken to Gordon many times about how we don't want to touch the presence and the glory of God and make it about ourselves. But this isn't about making it about ourselves. This is about how God raises us up. That we're full of him and that's him coming out of us. We're, full, we're lifted, we're elevated because we're full of him. He could have chose it before. Yeah, in love. Remember that key word, in love. He chose you because he wants it to be all of him and all of you. There's a partnership going on here. There's a partnership going on here. We've got a partner with God. We've got a partner with God. God could do these things without us, but he chooses to partner with us. He chooses to lift us up. He chooses to, to build us up and give us honour. And we need to be able to receive that honour, but know that it's him that is glorified and shining out of us. His greatness is never dependent on making you less. Hear that right. His greatness is never dependent on making you less. That's key. It is demonstrated in raising you up with Christ. I'm going to read a little scripture now. His greatness is demonstrated by raising you up with Christ. As God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You see, how are we doing for time? Okay. We don't proclaim God's sovereignty by devaluing our humanity. He invites us to be image bearers. And an image bearer of the most glorious God are always filled with his glory. If we carry in his image of almighty God, we are filled by his glory. Are you getting this this morning? If we're carrying his image, we were full of his glory. So that's got to look at how our lives look. That's how our faces look. Our countenance should be different because we're carrying the glory of God. The sovereignty of God is not a substitute for the glory of man. It is the source of the glory of man. Hear me? The sovereignty of God is not a substitute for the glory of man. 
It is the source of the glory of man. God is the source of our glory. His desire is that our lives become a reference point for his glory. And you know what? If he wants to use our lives for his glory and be a reference point for his glory, sometimes God does stuff to make us look good. It's all over my life. It's all over my life because I carry the favour of God. You carry the favour of God. He makes me look good all the time. Because in my own strength, I don't. In my own strength, I can only go so far. But every day he shows up in my life. One, because I have the favour. You have the favour too. He makes me look good. You've heard me talk about how we've had great opportunities at schools in the area. Special needs centres, other stuff. And we shouldn't be sitting at the table. We have no right to have a conversation or be in these schools or doing these things. But in the moment, God makes me look good. Is that about me? Hey, look at Nathan Weaver. It's nothing to do with me. It's the glory of God reflecting and shining out of me. God is in the business Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of making you look good. His glory wants to come out of you. Sometimes we don't understand the glory, but he wants you to be good. He wants to make you look good. In the presence of our enemies, we'll raise another hallelujah. In the presence of death, in the presence of the ones that are against us, we'll raise another hallelujah. He'll make you look good. Not so you can say, look at me. So we can say, look at him. We have no right. We have no purpose. We have no actual birthright to say that we deserve this but he says no what I'm going to make you look good anyway you want me you serve me I'm going to make you look good in fact if you go back right to the beginning of the scripture that I use Matthew 5 we say it says this it's talking about the lamp giving dark, uh, light to everybody but it says this in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise not Nathan Weaver or your name, will praise our Heavenly Father. He makes you look good because he wants you to look good and he wants you to be good, but he makes you look good so you can praise the Heavenly Father. And all praise is turned to him. Some of you are looking at me funny. Some of you are half asleep. Some of you are getting what I'm saying. But he wants you to look good. He wants his glory to shine out of you. Through you in the things that you say, in the deeds that you do, in the places that you go. Is it hard for us to get hold of God wanting to favour us and allow his glory to shine through us? Does it make us God? He's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords, he's the Sovereign One, the One that we bow down to. He is our best friend, but also there's a splendour, there's a majesty that we've got to be in awe of. But he says, I want to glory, I want to glorify things through you. You, 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 whoever, point to the person, you. It's not just because I'm a man of the cloth. He doesn't say that. He says, for everyone, I want the glory to shine out of you. I love it that his greatness, I've said this already, but he's not dependent on making us less. In fact, he wants to make us more. And the more that he makes us more, the greater he is. It's hard, I know, to swallow some of this. I love a God that wants to make us look good. Do you know what? 
even when we're messing up, even when we make the right choices, say the wrong thing, he still wants us to look good. Yes, there's consequences to the things that we've said and done. There's a sin that we've got to deal with. But even in our sin, he has a way of making it look good and letting the glory shine out of us. Hear me right. I'm not saying if you're sleeping around, he's going to bring glory out of that. But if we deal with the sin in this bad situation like Joseph, the devil wanted this for harm, but actually I can bring good out of it. Whatever the situation is, this coronavirus or whatever, I believe God can bring good out of it. If we're in the right spirit, if we repent, if we move forward, if we lay things before him. You see, Gideon in the Old Testament is in the thresh. Oh. Do you know what? Siri has never, ever spoke to me in my life. Even when I've asked her for stuff, I've asked for directions. But all of a sudden now she thinks she's got the advice on the Old Testament. Gideon in the Old Testament. Good girl. Stay. It's threshing wheat in the wine press. In fact, can I say this? I'm going to say it. He's supposed to go out to fight and he's pooing his pants. I can't, I can't get any more deeper than that. He's pooing his pants. He's scared about what's coming ahead of him. And, and he's in the wine press because he doesn't want to fight. I'll be down here. Nobody will see me. I'll be okay. Nobody's going to harm me. And this is what happens. Me maybe paraphrasing this. But God turns up and he essentially says, Hey, mighty warrior. Huh? Huh? You, 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 you. Mighty warrior. Hey, you, yeah, you. Mighty warrior. Huh? Gideon's like this. Huh? Huh? You can't be talking about me. I'm... I'm Hiding in the white press here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You must be. Where are they? Who are you talking about? I'm talking to you. Hey, mighty warrior. Looking right at Gideon, mighty warrior. And this is what's great about God. God didn't say this. He didn't say, hey, don't think too highly of yourself. Hey, this has got nothing to do with you. Hey, you can't bring a solution here. You, I can't work through you. Hey, don't entertain the idea that you actually can come up with an answer to this. Always remember it's about me. He never said that. He says, hey, mighty warrior. He looks him right in the eye. The angel looks him right. You're the mighty warrior. I can point to whoever. You're the mighty warrior. That's the beauty of God wanting to work in partnership because he could have done it on his own, but he says, no, you're the mighty warrior. You're the one I'm going to glorify. You're the one who's going to step up in this. So there comes a place where Gideon has to go, okay. And I can imagine, and I'm reading between the lines, that Gideon was probably, nobody will see me. If I'm, I'm down here, nobody's going to see me. And he's been challenged by the angel that he's the mighty warrior. And he's still a little bit, I think you've got this wrong. 
tighters than me. Shh, they might come. Now I'm reading between the lines, but there comes a place where God says, the angel says, you are a mighty warrior. I believe this is what happened to Gideon. Now I'm, I'm, I'm reading between the lines. He goes from this to this. Okay, I'm the mighty warrior. I've now been lifted and glorified in God that I, 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 I can do this. And that's what he does to us that we, Lord, do you mean me? Really? You're asking me to do that? Are you sure? There comes a point where there's a realisation we've got to get hold of what God is saying right into our lives. And that allows us to stand up firm. And that allows us to resist and to push forward. By the end of the story, we see that he stepped in to his identity. His identity of being this mighty warrior. I love it that God says, Hey, mighty warrior. And he's saying to you today, hey, mighty warrior. And you might be thinking, I don't feel like a warrior. God wants the glory, the glory to come through you. He wants you to be built up. He wants you to be amazing. And he said, hey, mighty warrior, that I'm calling you a mighty warrior. Whatever comes your way today or tomorrow or through your family, you can face this. In fact, not only can you face this, you can beat this. Why? Because you are a mighty warrior. I'm endorsing you as a mighty warrior. No God nor the king's signet ring. It's dipped in the wax, wasn't it? And it's sealed. And God is saying that over a small, over some of you a small. You are a mighty warrior, and it's sealed by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. When there was a seal put on with the wax, nobody can break that seal. Nobody can break over the, actually, you are a mighty warrior that he wants you to be glorified and built up. He wants you to step into your true identity. And this is what I believe with the coronavirus and the, and the fear and the stuff that's going on in our world, not just in our nation. There has never been a better time to do something great for somebody or do something great for the kingdom of God. There's never been a better time. I believe that. One meal, one call, one lift, one prayer, one word of wisdom, one text, one smile, one invite. More people than ever needed to be lifted. More people than ever need an injection of love. We keep talking about loving God and loving people. More people than ever need an injection of love. More people than ever need to be given a boost of hope. In fact, you might be sitting here thinking, do you know what? I need to be lifted this morning. I need to be injected with love. I need to have a boost of hope. Nothing lifts our spirit more than when we give someone else a boost as well. But because of King Jesus, you can have that injection of love this morning. Because of King Jesus, you can have that hope this morning. Because of King Jesus, everything that we need, you can have. Not because of you, because of King Jesus. Because of what he achieved. I was looking here for the communion, but what he achieved on the cross. It's never been a better time to do something great for somebody or something great for the kingdom of God. I've got a friend, Mark Pugh, ran, used to run Elam's youth work and he, and he really changed the face of that and he runs a church now in Exeter, a really big church, and he put this on his Facebook yesterday. A church is not defined by how well it gathers, but how well it scatters. He says this, I believe this is a defining moment for the scattered church across the nation. 
And then he finishes with, let's do it. And I want to just add to that, that this is a great opportunity for the scattered church. Full of the Holy Spirit, taking the light into the darkness. For the, for the scattered church to really step up and see the kingdom of God come. But maybe we have to take some force. Maybe we have to put some force into place. And what he says is so right. This is a real time to see the church and the kingdom of God advance. I don't believe this is a time for the kingdom of God and for Christians to shrink back. This is a time that we advance. You know, when the riot's on, what do the police do? They might step back, but then they advance. You know as a couple what they do. And what do they do? Do, do, do they stand firm? Maybe they have to stand firm for a bit longer. Some more missiles come, some more stuff the devil gets thrown at you. Another hand grenade. They link together. They lock over. They stand firm. And they advance. As a church, as a people of God, not just our church, we need to advance in this time of need. I really want us to get hold of what it means to be a scattered servant. And I believe if we get hold of it over this next number of months, this church will grow in ways that we've never dreamed or imagined. I believe that if we get hold of what it means to be scattered servants, that we individually and me will grow like we have never grown before. But we've got to get hold of what it means to be a scattered servant. It doesn't mean, oh, let's just isolate ourselves at home and somehow... We can be scattered servants. Whatever happens over the next number of months can advance the kingdom of God. I want to finish with this. Open, sensitive hearts plus a willingness to respond and make a difference equals this. If you've got notes, write it like this. Open, sensitive hearts plus a willingness to respond and make a difference equals this. A God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. We serve a good God. He wants us to advance. He's going to do things more than we've ever dreamed or imagined. If we have an open, a sensitive, a sensitive heart, open heart to him, sensitive to him. Because this is all about the Holy Spirit. We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. A willingness to respond and make a difference, even though we don't know how we respond or make a difference. We have a God, and it says this in Ephesians, a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Amen. Well, we're going to pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are in our lives and what you do in our lives. And Lord, maybe we don't know you this morning, some of us. And Lord, I know that you want to get to know us if you don't. So Jesus, would you show up? But Father, would you show us what it means to be, to be scattered servants, to be servants that are living our lives for you, whatever is happening, whatever the situation.
that Lord, in, in these times of trouble, that we would advance, that Lord, not only would we pray, that we would show love like we've never shown love before. Father, we want your kingdom to advance. In the name of Jesus, there's many people who are fearful, there's many people who are anxious, maybe here in our community, in our city, in our nation. Father, we stand firm on behalf of, of our nation, of our community. We thank you, Father, that you are victorious. We thank you that you are in control. That, Lord, we have nothing to fear because of you. We need to be wise, but, Lord, thank you that you are in control and you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.